welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who have chiseled good looks in their joinery. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. Yeah, baby. All right. <laughs> it's Wood Talk number 364 for March 10th, 2017. It's a weekend show. And Happy it's weekend. Party time, Thank baby. You. We're having a good time here. Uh, all right. So today we're going to talk about lumber pricing. And Matt did a video not too long ago about his band Sawmill, and he was milling up some crotch, had his hands all over that crotch, handling Crotchy it, crotch. flipping it around, slapping it, rubbing it down. And uh, <laughs> so, getting it wet. Getting it wet. Oh, then, wow. dry, then drying it. All right. So he did this stuff with the, with the slabs. At the end of the video, Matt discusses how much he would price this stuff out, probably just in passing. I don't think you even thought this would become the issue that it that it apparently did um stupid matt come on <laughs> how could you not trying have to known? give more information yeah to give more value right rookie so, move man so, you know he does sell <laughs> this stuff so he's just letting people know about how how much he would price this stuff out for and then he was uh told in the comments that he's not charging enough so this has inspired matt to have a, a topical discussion on lumber pricing so matt you want to go into a little bit more detail i didn't read all the comments but it was definitely interesting yeah so it's, it was kind of interesting to me because I guess people kind of come at it thinking about like what they pay at like wherever they buy their stuff from. So maybe they're buying their stuff from a lumber yard mm-hmm. or I mean, and obviously stuff's going to vary by where you live in the country. Like prices out in California for anything are ridiculous, at least compared to what I pay here. So I think it made it really, uh, really interestingly apparent to me that prices vary so much by region. And I don't think people really understand like, how that works or how that how that kind of happens or why it's so much cheaper to buy something from me a guy in a backyard as opposed to going to a actual dealer or something like that like that shannon guy like me you know like that guy up there so i thought it'd be kind of a fun discussion to kind of talk a little bit about like how i don't know how pricing works how how that whole thing kind of works because it's really an interesting topic i think and I'll, i think a lot of people are, might have some misguidance on how pricing works like one one guy says I should like ship it somewhere so they can sell it for thirty something board feet, thirty dollars a board foot somewhere. And they're like, oh, they have brokers and stuff. I'm like, okay, well, by the time you you have my cost, then you have the cost to ship that thing. Mm-hmm. That's going to add a month board foot pricing. Then you're going to have the brokerage fee. Then you're going to have whoever the broker sells the stuff to if they're going to be another distributor. So the further down the line you get, the more that you're going to have to pay for that thing because there's more pockets to fill. Right. So it's not like Oh, yeah, you can just take it over there and you can sell it for whatever. And then the price is going to vary by region. So for me here... Well, but I think, think you'll find that that variance, that regional variance in pricing mm-hmm. is driven by the same thing. How far did that particular sure. board have to go to land in California? And the reason... Well, I mean, California, let's just be fair. California is more expensive for just about everything. It's a cost of living uh, adjustment. But just about most of the domestic lumber doesn't grow in California. So it's coming from across the country, you know, and it's these days it's on a truck because, believe it or not, it's actually not cheap to ship via rail anymore. We used to do everything via rail and it was very inexpensive, but now rail only takes you so far. So then you've got to get a truck to get it, you know, from the rail yard to the local distributor. So there's a lot of extra costs that that go into getting that Appalachian Pennsylvania cherry into your San Diego lumberyard. You know, um, and that's one of the reasons you, you find people in California like, oh, well, I'm using alder. Alder is my cheap species. Alder is not a cheap species for me out here because we don't have any alder, you know. <laughs> yeah. So 
that that regional thing, there is some of it with, you know, California is a bit of an unusual uh, beast <laughs> because things are expensive out there. But go to the other extreme and look at the cost of lumber in Hawaii. You want to talk oh. about having to ship everything yeah, in. That's a little tricky. Milk in Hawaii is out of control for They're the same reason. They're uh, actually so. rowing on slabs to get them there. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and then by the time it gets there, it becomes reclaimed slabs. That's right. So there's even more. It's a little bit worn. Know. and. Uh, well, the, the funny thing is I get this question all the time. I'm sure you guys too, when you build a project and they want to know what your cost of materials was. And I'm like, it is so irrelevant unless you are shopping at the same place I'm shopping. I may get cherry for $5 a board foot. But if you're in San Diego, maybe that's going to cost you eight bucks a board foot and then start doing the math. It's, it's going to be an irrelevant number to you. And I imagine this is even worse now when we're talking about slabs because slabs, as we talked about not too long ago, mm-hmm. Uh, with the pricing on there, there's a lot of variability there. They're not necessarily as easy to stock, so they're not as available, yet they're suddenly becoming very popular. So we've got this like market force thing happening, but an availability limitation, and it's only limited in some areas. So if you're in an area where this stuff is plentiful, then it's super cheap. But if you're not, then you're going to pay six, seven, eight hundred bucks for a simple slab. You know, and that's how it is here, actually, that that C.S. Woods place, their prices were absolutely crazy. But there's also um, uh, there's a local uh, place that takes down trees and put turns them into slabs. Their prices are way, way better. Now, they may not have, you know, crazy, exotic, awesome stuff, but you certainly could find something there cheaper. And I've had people even write me and say, hey, you should not be paying that price, you know, for that stuff. I can get your stuff much cheaper. Um, so it, but it is funny that I think people forget in this world of we're all on YouTube hanging out as friends, you forget how big the United States is and that there are so many incredible um, regional restrictions and just differences between what I can get and what you can get, that it is not even across the board, even though we can all leave a comment in the same video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it it makes it seem like Matt's a moron for selling these things for so cheap, but you're not (laughs) living where Matt lives and you're not trying to sell lumber where Matt sells lumber. So it's a little difficult for someone to have an informed opinion on that. And And he's not kiln drying it. Kiln drying is expensive. Kiln drying has overhead, you know, and drying a slab. Holy crap. That would terrify me to stick that into a kiln. That's that's another thing I wanted to kind of go into is overhead. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I guarantee you, my margins are way better than a lumber yards, even on that cheap price because i don't have the overhead even with but, a coffee course, a day from dunkin donuts even with that free donut it's still every low day. overhead yeah. <laughs> but the oh. i don't think it's any secret for me to say this but a good margin in the lumber industry is about a buck a board foot yeah if we make a dollar a board foot on a sale we're pretty happy yeah. um, margins are super tight in the lumber industry so, so Matt, would you take any of these people's suggestions who are basically like load up a trailer and come out here and sell it at so-and-so price? Like, is that, is there an option there for you? Does that sound like that could even be viable or does, is there something about it that makes absolutely no sense? The fact that I have no interest in becoming like a commercial lumber company yeah. kind of deters me from doing that. Um, I just, you can, you can consider the what the stuff that I do to be like a little hobbyist operation thing, just kind of doing it for fun, because that's really all I do it for is for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing that I'll mention, too, with like the pricing structure, too, is the reason why it's cheaper to go buy lumber from or one of the reasons it's cheaper to go buy lumber from some random guy that's selling it is because or at least compared to like going to a lumber yard is you're limited to what they have in stock there. So like I don't stock every single species possible and every thickness possible because I don't have the space for that. So you're limited to just whatever I have on hand at that point. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so you, you're kind of, I guess you can say you're paying for the convenience at the lumber yard right. in a sense. So you got to have that as well. Yeah, that'll go against you too, because that lumber yard has to keep a bunch of stuff in stock and they have to buy in volume. So they're buying a price based upon an average. Um, so in other words, we're paying, you know, we'll just say three bucks a board foot for an FAS species. That entire pack of lumber is not necessarily FAS. There's a percentage of it that's FAS. So that gets picked over and picked over and and you end up with some common material in there that is still the same price. It was still bought at that same $3 price, but it's actually worth, you know, a lot less. You know, the, the drop from FAS to common is pretty dramatic. Mm-hmm. So you may go into that lumber yard and essentially you're paying a somewhat inflated price to counter that that average. Because once material gets picked over and you can't move it, mm-hmm. because turn rate is huge at a lumber yard. If you can't move the stuff, it's taking up space and eventually you just got to get rid of it, you know, and you're selling it off or you're, you're burning it uh, in some instances or finding an alternative use for it. Solve pellets, things like cutting that. Cutting boards out of mine. <laughs> yeah. Artisanal so sawdust. you know, there there's so many other factors that go into a commercial lumberyard. We got to keep that stuff turning. You got to move it in and out, um, or you know, the the stuff just losing value. And most of the lumberyards are, um, they're buying based upon credit the bank is given to them based upon their current inventory. So it's like the more inventory we have, you know, it all becomes a liability at that point. Mm-hmm. And you don't have any of that when you're dealing with the individual sawmill owner. You know, yeah. you're running in the black. I hope, Matt. <laughs> yeah. There's no borrowing going on here. You know, no. That's another thing too. You think about looking at the. I was thinking about this a lot. Like my direct costs on milling, like just that slab, for instance. Direct costs. I have the cost of electricity to mill it. I have whatever it cost me to drive it here, and then my my time into it. So I have about eight hours of labor into getting that here and milling it to this point. And then to dry it, just stick outside. Like, I mean, if you want to get into it, you can think of like as a percentage of the my land taxes or whatever, but that's yeah, I'm that's sitting on that land a anyway. Little too much. So really I have almost nothing into it except for a day's worth of labor at this mm-hmm. point. Well, you always have to think about you know, you could you could price it more expensive, Matt. We talked about this a couple of shows ago where slabs and like figured lumber, you don't really sell it on a board foot price because it just doesn't really apply because of the unique factor. Mm. You know, and you could say it was four five dollars a board foot. Now, first of all, what I didn't what were they like sixty inches wide, twelve quarter slabs? Uh yeah, pretty cool. Fifty something, yeah. Okay, so there's a substantial amount of board foot in there anyway. So 60, 60 board feet in yeah, the bigger ex- ones. Yeah, exactly. So that's a $300 board, mm-hmm. right? Five times, the, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, this is a $300 piece. So a lot of people are saying, oh man, you're, you're not selling that for very much. But look at the price tag on that single board. There's a special customer that is going to pay more than 300 bucks for a single board. Um, I'm not saying that there are, there are certainly are people out there who will do that, who are building, you know, conference tables and need that unique slab and you're paying a thousand dollars for that slab of lumber or whatever, but you are really niching down on your buyer, on your target buyer. See, that's, the minute that's you start a, saying 300, 400 bucks for a single board, yeah. a lot of people are out. A lot of people walk. And that's, that's the very interesting thing about the way I think Matt is approaching this material um, because if you go to like CS Hardwoods or CS Woods here in Denver, these are not slabs they're expecting you to take and mill up for parts for a project. 
They right. really are looking mm-hmm. at these things as tabletops, conference tables, specialty things. Whereas you'll see Matt do in, in his build videos, he's actually taking a lot of this lumber and making usable milled square lumber out of it. He's not necessarily. Right. It's like watching a plywood build, but with solid wood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> he lays it out like a sheet of plywood true. and cuts out his parts. The funny thing is we've gotten to this point and I guess, at, you know, sort of a top level, let's call it like a YouTube level of appreciation for this stuff where people almost look at it and go, oh my God he's cutting that, the live edge off, you know, like, it, yeah. well, well, people, that's what all of the wood, uh, all the boards have live edges. <laughs> they all had live edges at some point and we did something to them to build a piece of furniture. So I think right. when, when you're looking at it as a resource material for building furniture and not necessarily a showpiece top, you're just picking and choosing the grain you want out of this big wide slab. Your, your value proposition is different. You would expect that lower board foot price. Um, but these people at these specialty shops, they're selling them to folks who are looking for that perfect piece. And you can charge the four or 500 bucks right. a slab for it. I find it sure. interesting, too, is that there's a few people in my area that kind of do this thing, but like at a lot, much larger scale than I do. Like the, that's like their thing. Like I make videos. People make slabs like that's their yeah. living. I'm priced higher than they are. Hmm. So which says something for, you know, which says something for the region. Right. But. Also, the fact that I do put some value, put a little more value on my time to do it, or the fact that it's a little more special or whatever. Um, I don't even know where I'm going with that anymore. I've totally lost it. <laughs> that you overpriced totally yourself. Gone. You're too expensive, is what you're saying? Oh, yeah. something stupid. I'm or you're sure. just charging uh, for the fact that you touched it, is what yes, I'm thinking. I'm sure. That's, that, that, was, that was a side point. <laughs> totally this, missed my real point, though. This stuff well, has been cremonized. How much, how much lumber, Matt, are you selling like in person, and how much are you shipping? I don't. Well, that's the thing too. Like the the price that I stated in the video is for local sales. Like if I have to ship okay. it, I'm going to raise the price because I have to put more time into it. So I have to make it worth my my time to actually like something that big too. It'd be like I got to palletize it and get the shipping mm-hmm. company here and yeah. got to get a bander. You know, there's a lot more involved with shipping something like that. Um, and I don't sell nearly as much as I used to. So when I, when I first when I lost my job, I started doing this full time. The lumber sales helped to support the um, the rest of the business, the rest of my living expenses or whatever. And as I transition more into the content being its own actual source of revenue, I've decreased the amount of lumber that I've been selling just because it's a little more, it's a lot more time consuming and I'd rather be focused on the content creation. Mm-hmm. So I used to sell through like, oh, I don't know, five to 8,000 board feet a year. And most of that was all in the fall. I would sell 5,000 board feet every fall in like three months. And then the rest of the year was pretty much dead because that's the other thing about selling lumber is it's not predictable. It's all over the place and I could never predict it. It was a seasonal. It was almost like a seasonal business, and it was unpredictable. You could sell like so much this month, so much that month. Even the next year could be better than the next. Um, so it was just too you have unpredictable. To change product lines to keep going all year because there's exactly. certain things that just won't sell. So you've got to sell a different product. Yeah, in and I summer. was I would sit on inventory for too long, and like the same problems that you would have about any other retail operation. Like I got I got shelf space. It's just sitting there full of stuff that's not selling. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what am I going to do with it? I got to wait for someone to come buy it. Um, so I kind of got out of that a little more because it's just, it's a lot more effort, I guess. Well, now it's and cool because you could just mill for fun, for interest. You could cherry pick the best stuff and then sell everything else. Yeah, yeah. and that's what I always did. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I, what I found awesome. interesting is because I did quite a bit of, of online sales through Hardware to Go and you know, you can price it at market and people are like, well, yeah, that's nice. But then I've got to pay the shipping. And 
first of all, people, I'm not making a profit on the shipping. Literally, you're paying what I pay for shipping, and that's just kind of a write-off, you know? But there are some instances where, like, the guy who's looking for a couple of boards, and he comes and he gets a great price on those couple of boards, but he ends up paying, you know, more to ship it than he did for the boards themselves. And there's no way, there's really no way around that. So then you end up with this material that you have to price it in such a way to make it attractive enough to absorb for the buyer to absorb that additional shipping cost. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes convenience. You know, you're not driving somewhere. Maybe you don't have a a car that you can fit lumber in. Your nearest lumber yard is three hours away. So, you know, figure in the cost of gas and it, it works itself out. But that limits your market even more to the point where you're selling into areas that have no other option but to order online. When you start talking slabs, though, I mean, if you're shipping that stuff UPS, forget about it. That stuff is expensive. See, I don't know. I'd like to. We should do some of the freight. We should do some math yeah. on this, Matt, because I'd be very curious if you were, you know, and the price. I could tell you some of the prices later that I saw on the slabs at uh, at this place here in in Denver. I would love to see what a comparable thing would cost to ship. And I actually think it might come out cheaper if I were to say buy a nice looking slab from you than than to buy it from one of these local specialty places. If you wanted to buy like let's use one of the sixty board foot slabs that I just did, that would be freight. And you're looking probably five to six hundred dollars for that pallet. For the shipping. Yeah. Or for that for one slab or I don't know how I don't know how much you can get on a pallet and have be price reasonably or whatever but just say you want to do You're one on a pallet 200 225 pounds for 60 board feet of maple including yeah. your packing so common carrier <laughs> from michigan to colorado see fortunately marks in denver you know if you were up in the mountains it'd be even more expensive sure because there's no there's no distribution center there but freight yeah i'd i'd be willing to bet you you're looking at least 150 to 200 dollars i think it would be more than that Oh, probably. See, if, yeah. if you're I looking mean, at two two fifty, then it's you're definitely in territory where it would be. Cheaper. That's what it would cost me. Somebody who has a broker and we ship a lot, so we get sure. better rates. Sure. Yeah. But for the individual dude, yeah, you're probably looking maybe twice that to ship it. Well, in some cases, it might be worth it. That's the crazy thing. Sure. The markup on this stuff is insane. Well, but there's another reason why some of that markup is so expensive because. You know, here's here's a guy, Matt, who has essentially sourced everything. You know, he went and picked up the log at a local park or a local log yard or whatever, you know, moved it in, did all the moving, all that stuff himself. A uh, place like CS Wood, they're they're sawing their own stuff there, aren't they? Yeah. Or are they? I, I believe okay. they are. They have two locations, and I think at one is where they do their, their milling. Right. But where are they sourcing their logs from? Yeah. You know, are they picking them up themselves? There's all kinds of costs associated that you're not seeing. You know, are they drying them and what are how are they drying them and what other things are they doing as far as in sealing and all that stuff that's coming into the cost of that particular space? Will they deliver it for you? You know, that can add to the cost. There's just so many factors that go into changing the price of that lumber that, you know, it's one of the reasons then. And the big thing I keep going back to is turn rate. The turn rate on those slabs is going to be really really slow. So you got to make the most bang for your buck per sale. Because you may not sell another one of those slabs for, you know, a year. So you're really, you're better off if someone is truly interested in stocking up on some slabs, renting a trailer, driving someplace where this stuff is inexpensive, go find a Matt Cremona somewhere, Mm -hmm. load up your trailer, Mm -hmm. buy it in person, and then pay the gas and the rental fee for the, for the trailer to get back. That would totally make it worth it. Absolutely. All right. I think your best bet is (laughs) to go build your own bandsaw mill. 
Yes. Build a log yeah. arch. Yeah, now that Go and get the log yourself. <laughs> yeah. Basically, go to Matt Cremona's YouTube channel. Watch the whole channel. Do that. Yeah. Well, like, in <laughs> equipment costs, like, I'm into this for, like, right around 10000 in equipment with the mill and the trailer. Right. So you figure... I when I when I went into it I was I was, honestly wasn't thinking of like payback on this thing with the lumber produced that wasn't my that wasn't how I did it or how I figured it in my mind it was on the content side but I mean if you were like me and you didn't you weren't doing like videos but you want to make some money making slabs or making lumber or whatever I mean it's a it could be a pretty decent gig I mean you can get logs for free most of the time you know yeah, I don't know that's right fun area. sure. I just know that when people actually came and picked up lumber from Hardwood to Go, invariably they got a deal, you know, because they're there. And it's like, oh, this board's kind of nice. It's like, well, you know, I'll give it to you for for this price or whatever because you're here. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to package anything. I don't have to print out a label. I don't have to take it. So much much less work on my part. You know, they're they're loading up the truck and – you know, you see this block over the corner. Like, hey, you want an extra piece of walnut? And you just throw it in the back of the truck, you know, and they walk out with they showed up to buy 30 board feet of lumber and they walk out with 50 board feet of lumber and it costs them no extra because mm-hmm. it's just I got to get some of this stuff out of the way. And it's, you know, here's a guy that I know is going to do something good with it. I'm going to hook you up, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think your best bet is to go go uh, go show up in Matt's front yard. That's what I'm going to do. Say, I wow, came me. for a cup of slab. Couple, couple slab, couple claps. I'm coming I came out for the cup of slab discount. <laughs> cup of slab. There you go. <laughs> yes, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm Fred Norris. Any it. more, any more blatant and trying to set Mark up for that? <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was, I was planning my road trip this summer. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're curious to hear your lumber pricing stories. Let us know. Um, Which you know, for you YouTube content creators, I mean, road trip to Mac Carmona's. There's a video right That's there. That's a video. You know? It is. People it is a whole video, a video right video. there. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Well, uh, let's, uh, I guess, close it off. We wouldn't do contact info or want to skip it? Um, I don't know. I think we should. Okay. <sighs> Just waiting for you to throw the pinch it off. <laughs> So oh, many opportunities. How am I supposed like to know this? what you're thinking? Uh, it's, it's hard enough to know what I'm thinking. Oh, come on, Mark. We've been doing this I'm just. Enough. I'm going to send you the MP3 so you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> all you're going to hear now is sound bites. Right. That's it. <laughs> right. People love that. But at a slightly way. lower volume because it'll be coming through my channel. Well, it'll just be coming. Me. It'll be on his phone is what it'll be. <laughs> nice. So you know what? Why not? Because they have just listened to the show and said, man, this is a great show. And boy, am I ticked off. I've got a lot of things that I need to say Mm -hmm. about how Matt should be pricing his lumber. So if you (laughs) really want to tell Matt all the stuff he's doing wrong and all the things he should be doing. Oh, God. uh, And. (laughs) <laughs> then go to his YouTube channel because there's already people there telling him that. Join the party. Jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> but if you want to be different, you can leave a voicemail on Skype. Uh, use our name as Wood Talk Online or call us at 623-242-5180 or use our contact form at woodtalkshow.com slash contact or just go to this episode and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear all the things Matt should be doing. <laughs> Good. Yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll catch you next time. See you, bye. Happy weekend.